Thrill Me. This show is part of the Thrill Me Podcast Network. Experience more on Facebook and YouTube. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Hockey Show Podcast. He didn't vanish. No, life just got in the way. And then the season started, and now we're here. I'm Nick. I'm John. Uh, Nick, can I see uh, your phone? No, you cannot see my phone. Well, well, well not, no, I, I need no. to see your phone. See, I'm going to I'm going to use it to pull up some pictures here so that we can talk about your family, and this is clearly the only accessible way no, for you to no, do that. No, 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 that's, that's just not going to happen. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not youngin' like that. I'm not a kid. I'm not going to allow you to look at my phone, all right? Yeah, but there's a power dynamic here where you maybe wouldn't feel comfortable telling me no for something like that, even if you may not have something on your phone that's all that incriminating or uncomfortable to have out in front of somebody. Just, just yeah, I, I've got. No, nah, you're just not going to see my phone uh, unless you want to see a whole bunch of uh, male nudity. <laughs> uh, yeah, so obviously uh, we'll talk about that at some point. Uh, that little joke right there that I'm sure you know of. But yeah, dude, it's uh, John. It's nice to uh, see you, talk to you again about hockey. The 2023-24 season's here, man. And it has been getting off to a fun start where we're not having to be too mm. angry about too no. much. It's it's the honeymoon phase of the season, yeah. I think. You know, there hasn't been a whole bunch of boneheaded injuries. The NHL is kind of already stepping on its own feet and making us angry there. Uh, but I did get to see the yearly uh, tradition of the Red Wings coming to town to see me last night and also playing against the Columbus right. Blue you were at You've already been to a hockey game this year. There's only been like some teams have only played one game and you've already seen the Red Wings and the Blue Jackets play. Okay, so before I dive into the game, something that I think either your household especially will really like or we can acknowledge that this might be a little dangerous they have Twisted Tea on tap at Nationwide. Okay, um, so Twisted Tea, not my cup of tea, no pun intended, but my wife ah. loves Twisted Tea. And actually, here's a fun thing to do. Uh, get a Twisted Tea and get like a flavored Bacardi shot and put that in the Twisted Tea. Oh, oh, yeah, I should uh, not have trust learned that. Me, the, minute the, uh, the minute the wife learned that, I got very, very happy. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you have, I, can we order another one now? <laughs> Dude, like I was at the point where Detroit was up for nothing going into the third period. I'm like, if they score a fifth goal, I'm taking my shirt oh, off. Boy. I don't even care. Uh, but yeah, it, that, that was, that really added to the experience. I was in the lower bowl uh, behind the net that Detroit was shooting on twice. And so Ideal positioning where, you know, if you're up high enough, you can see what's happening at the other end of the ice without anything really getting in the way. Uh, and yeah, just, man, they're playing like men possessed right now. And that was made yeah, me happy yeah. to see. Detroit's off to a pretty good start. Um, could be a little overreaction here coming up, but uh, I'm happy you got to go. Uh, I will say, I want to put it on the record. There is... I have gotten the approval. We're going to be back up in New York for Thanksgiving. And I have gotten the approval Ooh. that is Saturday approval. of that weekend. 
If I purchase tickets, the wife will go see the Rangers take on the Boston Bruins with me at Madison Square Garden. And it will be the first time I've been to MSG because uh, I've only been seeing the Rangers on road games in Carolina and Washington over the last however long. To put it this way, the last time I went to MSG, there was no renovation. Uh, and Marion Gabarik was still a New York Ranger. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And it was against the uh, Buffalo Sabres and the Rangers lost. Go figure. Yeah, that's A, that's going to be a really fun yes. game to see. B, the, and that matinee game that the Bruins and the Rangers always seem to play right yeah. after Thanksgiving is a really fun time. So that's going to that's going to be really cool. I am looking forward to Yeah, I just need to uh get get certain uh monies and once I get certain monies, I'm going to make the purchase. I'm going to make the certain purchase months. on them tickets. And then that to brag a little bit about that. That Thanksgiving weekend is going to be Thanksgiving with the folks back on Long Island. Uh New York City yeah, Northern New Island. Jersey. Uh New York City for Broadway to see Wicked on Black Friday. And then uh, back into the Ooh. city to not leave Penn Station and just walk up some stairs to the garden to see a hockey game. Well, you're flexing I'm, I'm a little. Trying, trying, you know. I love, yeah, I love to yeah, see. Yeah, listen, I, I I'm, a, I'm a theater it. guy and I'm a hockey guy, right? So I get a little bit of both. Okay. <laughs> I I haven't seen Wicked, but uh, I I think I would go see Al Qaeda if they were performing. I think on that's Broadway. extreme. Uh, <laughs> again, no pun intended. But why, maybe not the that's my go-to for something that's widely hated and that's maybe not the best reference to make yeah. for new york city yeah <laughs> fix it in post they did not fix yeah. it in post no, you <laughs> um all right so let's get into it we are back uh there's a lot to get to we'll we'll talk the last week we'll talk some of the things we've noticed but since we didn't get to do a whole season preview with everything i thought let's kind of do not rapid fire, but as quickly as we can. Let's run through some some of these things. Let's kind of throw out some some of what we think is going to happen. Like, uh, for instance, uh, is there a team that you, you you think could surprise this year? Maybe not, you know, make the playoffs, but one of those bottom dwellers. Like, I have San Jose as my worst team this year, but I think the Coyotes, I think the Yotes could be a team that's going to be fun to watch and could could end up somewhere in the middle of the pack by the end of the year. Yeah, there there's definitely something to be said for the Coyotes this year in the sense that this this seemed like the first time in three or four years that they actually, you know, tried to put together a NHL mm-hmm. caliber team. So I'm excited for the fans in Arizona that'll get a chance to, you know, see. I mean, Logan Cooley by himself is going to be worth the, the price good. of admission. And you saw they went out. Yeah, and, and they still have Clayton Keller. They went out and added Matt Dumba. They're they're clearly working on building something. Uh, don't look at who their goaltender is if you want to feel good about them. But uh, outside of that, yeah, they are they are gonna have an opportunity there. Uh, I really kind of like what Nashville oh, put okay. together this off season too. They moved a lot of people, but then they bring in Ryan O'Reilly. They add some depth scoring with Gustav Nyquist. Andrew Burnett's going to be taking over as coach. Uh, they are not off to a great start winning one of three so far here, but outside of that, outside of that, in their defense, they did play like, Tampa and I think it was Boston yeah. was their other game and their next game is against the Oilers so fingers crossed uh, but yeah that I I think as the season goes on Nashville 
might challenge for a playoff spot, but won't be as easily dismissed as I, I mean, to be fair, Nashville was kind of lingering around even when they made the massive sell-off last year. They were they lingered there for a while where it felt uh it felt unrealistic that they would make the push, but at the same time they were close enough that it was like, well, if they string a few things together and you know, weirder weirder things have happened in in all of sports, not just hockey, but just all just in general. So, uh, you know, that's, that's, there's something to be said for Nashville for sure. Uh, but yeah, I, I think also with the Coyotes, the one thing they have going for them, they really like their coach. Yeah. It, it's, it's, uh, it's something you couldn't say about a team like Columbus <laughs> necessarily, uh, who I think the impact Adam Fantilli is going to have on that, this team cannot be exaggerated. Okay. Uh, and having Zach Wierenski healthy for the season will probably have a big impact for them as well. Uh, but yeah, I don't have a ton of faith in Columbus's goaltending. Uh, last night they started Spencer Martin, who played like almost 30 games for Vancouver last year. And so when you're not good enough to be in Vancouver's goaltending situation, that probably yeah, tells you a it, lot. Yeah, it, it does. Uh, so who do you think... Uh... I said I have the Sharks being the worst team this year just because, I mean, that's a team that didn't even that – they, they subtracted in the offseason by moving Carlson. Uh, who do you have as, like, the worst team this year? Who do you think is going to bottom out? Yeah, I – uh, the smart money's yeah. on the Sharks, but for the sake, for the sake of being different uh, – Boy, Philadelphia did not make an effort not to bad improve Not a bad pick. All this last year and i i don't know if they'll be as bad as san jose but i think it would be insane to see them as anything but bottom five gotcha all right uh what teams i want to ask who do you think is going to make the playoffs but i'm trying to think of a better way of that like uh because you know like for the most part we know like oh boston's gonna make it the hurricanes are gonna make it the devils are gonna make it yeah toronto's gonna make it well Well, all right maybe not so all right i guess I guess, do you want to throw down who you think is going to make the playoffs? Because I, I I have my breakdowns of no no specific order. Like, I just have my who's going to be top three in Atlanta. Yeah, no, let's, let's do wild cards. Yeah, let's do no specific okay. order for it. Although, as I say that, the Atlantic division is Toronto's to lose at this point. Uh, right? I actually figured it would have been I, – I'm I, I, I mean – Safe money would say the Bruins are not going to have a year like they did last year, but I still want to throw the Bruins. Like, I don't know. After even if they have a fall off from last year, I'm like, is that, is that still the number one team out of the Atlantic? Maybe. Like, that's still a good team. It's not a bad team. It's still a good team. There's, yeah, and any team that can throw out Brad Marchand and. Uh, David Pasternak yeah. is going to have a chance, but your 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 top setters are Pavel Zaka. <laughs> That's going to be a pretty sizable hole. Uh, it, but you know, still has Charlie McAvoy, still has yeah. Jeremy Swayman, still has Linus Olmark. So I am not at the point where I'm going to say the Bruins are going to drop all the way out of the playoffs, but they are going to be much closer to being a bubble team than they have been. Huh, in recent wow. History, that's, I that's, I think that might be the hot take right there. Cause I think the Bruins, uh, Toronto and, and, and I'll even say the lightning are going to be locks to take those top three spots. 
I'm I'm right there with you. I think the, the division is Toronto's to lose, uh, as you may have heard me say once, <laughs> like five seconds ago. Uh, but the but yeah, for for the Lightning, having Vasilevsky out for a while is not going to help things, and they have another injury that yeah. we'll get to here in a minute. Uh, but there's still so much talent on that team and so much experience, especially that I still think I would still have a very hard time picturing them not making the playoffs. Uh, but yeah, those are, those are definitely the, the strong three that you will have to contend with if you're trying to go somewhere. in the Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and you mentioned the Vasilevsky injury. Like I don't, I, that's going to impact the lightning for sure. And you don't know what you're going to get when he returns, but you said it. The talent is just that team just runs so deep that when you're like, "Oh man," and then you're like, "Oh wait," they have Hedman, they have you know Stamkos, they have. It just keeps going on and on and on. The talent there is just so good. But I, I figured those were the top three out of the Atlantic. My Metro, I figured Hurricanes, Devils, Rangers were going to be the top three again. Yeah, I. You saw Pittsburgh really kind of tweak things a little bit, and I'm excited to see what they have but i can't in good faith put them ahead of those three there's just that the the rangers devils hurricanes just have too much Mm -hmm. going for them and considering that the hurricanes went to the conference finals without andre sveshnikov on that team uh that they definitely seem like they're poised to really have a run at it again uh the Devils have so much talent that has some actual experience now that you you want to see if they're going to take that next yeah. step with things. And then the Rangers almost had addition by subtraction. Yeah, so it's 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 so, it's very there. That team is very you know you know what you're getting in the goaltending. You know what they are. They're 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 a goalie first team. Uh, although what they've looked like the past you know the first three games it does look like that. If, if we, we want to overreact, overreact, well, we'll, we'll save that. I'll save that. You know what? I'll hold off on that. <laughs> um, <laughs> so those were my top three out of the Metropolitan. But then I had for the wild cards, I had the Panthers getting in. But then I had the bubble for that final spot being uh, the Penguins uh, or the Islanders. Because I could see the Penguins getting back in with the Eric Carlson addition and being able to sneak their way in. I mean, hell, they were – if they didn't lose to the Chicago – on that last game, they were in one game. Oh, they one were game. in. Yeah. Uh, so I've got those two teams again, kind of battling it out for that a spot. And, and I just think the penguins, I think they do get it. I think Carlson does help them become that. Oh, we got back in, but I don't think they're a real deep threat. I think the yeah, Islanders that, would be more that, of a threat in the season. Well, I don't know that the Islanders are going to make the playoffs. Oh, yeah. I do not have them in because... the playoffs. So I know the Islander fans that listen are not going to be happy with me on that. But I I, I mean, they were kind of marginal to last year for the playoffs. And then they didn't really do anything except everyone got yeah. a year older. So on what, as we covered, is already a pretty significant age team by NHL standards. So, uh, yeah, I don't have a lot of faith in the Islanders putting something together this year. Uh, I think we definitely can't sleep on the Capitals, though. Uh, With, they had, granted, you know, there wasn't a ton of drastic changes for them last year, 
Uh, but last year they spent a lot of time without John Carlson. And I don't know if having John Carlson around make would have made the difference between playoffs yeah. and no playoffs. But, but in the, but if he's able to stay healthy this year, that's going to give me a lot of hesitation to write them off. It does. That sense. That's, that's a top defenseman. And, and yeah, that was a, that was kind of a knock. I would say a fair knock on the Capitals last year was they had a lot of, a lot of key injuries throughout most of the season. Guys that were, you know, eat up those 25, 30 minutes of ice time a night weren't there. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I think I, I think it was, see, I think there's so much talent. And I think with the emergence of the devils being a, a consistent threat and the Islanders having, you know, Sorokin and net, it means that they're going to steal more games than they should as well. Um, I just don't think the capitals, I think they're another team that got older as well. They are like the oldest team now. Right. Uh, so yeah, yeah. That's, that's a team that just got older as well. I still think the Capitals thing is that they're going to be decent. They'll be a middle of the pack team, but they'll probably fall somewhere. I, I think around like tenth this year out of the uh, East. Yeah, and taking up another spot there, I think Buffalo takes a step forward to take the playoffs over. Florida. Okay, so you think Buffalo is uh, is above Florida? Gotcha. Well, and 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 there's so much to say about what happened with Florida last year. Obviously, once they got in, they were electric, but they made the playoffs because Chicago beat Pittsburgh. Uh, they were they have taken a step back talent wise because Radko Gudis was a huge part of that team. He's no longer there. Uh, Carter Verhage. I believe is no longer there. Uh, Brandon Montour is hurt. Aaron Ekblad's hurt. Uh, you know, Spencer Knight's coming back in. Hopefully he, everything goes really well for him, but there's just, there's so much that's up in the air for a team that was marginal to begin with. They, they would need a lot of things to go really right for them to maintain or improve on last year. I just don't see yeah, it happening. Uh, I, I think Buffalo is a team that could take a step forward. Uh, Ottawa is another team that I could see kind of being uh, in the mix and maybe fall land above the Capitals in the standings this year. Uh, the addition of Tarasenko, like they went out, they made some good moves. Uh, we know what they did last year at the deadline or close to the deadline as well. So this is that's a team that is definitely made in making a push to try and compete. Uh, I guess a, a good question is where do you put your Red Wings? Because honestly, out of those three, out of those three, I, I feel I, like I the Red Wings are the one that kind of seem to just kind of be stagnant. Yeah, the the Red Wings do not have any rookies or sophomores on their team this year. So I feel like that gives you a very good idea of what to expect out of this team. Uh, it's it's possible they make the playoffs, but we're talking like less than 5% chance. They need a lot of things to go right, and they need things to go really wrong for three yeah. teams ahead of them. Uh, so I... I, I I like the way Ottawa's positioned. I think Buffalo, it was so close last year. You might as well just give them the tap in uh, to get into the playoffs here. I could see, 
I, I would see Ottawa making some noise, but man, you roll out goaltenders of jo- goaltenders of Jonas Corpusalo and Anton Forsberg, and I am not going to be comfortable with that under yeah, any circumstances. Corpusalo up close and personal. <laughs> yeah. I sure did. That's yeah. part of why I feel that way. Uh, <laughs> and and it's weird because I feel like as he gets discussed as he's this you know younger goalie that's never really had a opportunity in front of him it's like yeah but he's 20 young anymore so yeah so he may you know through no fault of his own spent time on teams that were exclusively tire fires uh but i if you're expecting a a late career renaissance from him i don't know what to tell you um All right, so I think we've got everybody that we think could be a playoff contender uh, and is going to make the playoffs from the uh, east side of things. Let's move over to the other uh, divisions. Uh, Central, I feel like it's Av, Stars, and Wild. Uh, Absolutely. And then then really quickly, Pacific, I have Vegas, Edmonton, and the Kings. Uh, I would maybe put Vancouver in over the Kings. uh, Okay. Yeah, I have I have Vancouver the, more the, as I feel like they, I feel like they're more they sneak in as a wild card team that they're like that bubble fight. Definitely possible, but the the Kings are changed a lot this off season, so that they're they are going to be they're a team to keep an eye on. I'm just not certain what direction they're going to go with it. I could see them not really clicking and taking a step back. And I could see them having the missing, missing piece of the puzzle and challenging the golden Mm -hmm. Knights. Uh, It's just, it really could go either way for them, but similar uh, to Ottawa, boy, that goaltending makes you. Oh yeah. Uh, It does. It does. But you know, I feel like everybody these days is is banking on the Vegas model of, oh, we're going to, you know, roll out two mediocre goalies or tr- hope that we have two mediocre goalies and one of them rides us, you know, to a win and, and to the promised land and all of that good stuff. Um, you, you need someone yeah. that's good enough, not... Vesna yeah, Trophy yeah, and and there is there might be something to be said for that when you take a look at teams like you know the Rangers and the Islanders, uh, who rely so heavily on their goaltending. Uh, but then I could even say the Lightning, you know, rely on a consistent what, somebody that's going to get sixty starts in a year, you know, sixty plus starts, and your backups only playing twenty games. Um, but yeah, uh, I I think I don't know, I I just. LA, there's just kind of that something with it. And none of the other teams, like I have the Jets, Seattle, Canucks, or the Flames, all as wildcard teams. Because none of them, like, the Pacific to me just feels like it's a runaway with Vegas and Edmonton every year. Like those, we know they're going to be the, like, that's 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 your battle. That's your one and two. Uh, and Logic would say you can't pick Vegas to be the one in that situation. So it would be Edmonton to run away with it. Um but really outside of those two in the Pacific and outside of the abs and the stars in the wild, I'm just like, it really is like a wild, wild West out there. Yeah. Cause and, you don't have anybody actively. And, and tanking. I feel like there's like, you have bad teams, you have the sharks and the ducks, they're bad, but nobody else is really like actively tanking that I can like off the top of my head. I can pick up. Yeah. It, and I feel like there's been just enough tweaked 
that just about anyone maybe outside of Chicago and Arizona, yeah. I could see really doing something in the central too. Like I, I just mentioned, I have good feelings about Nashville, but like St. Louis, you yeah, know, they're not a bad team. Horrible. Yeah. Uh, if you saw Seattle tweaking a few things around the edge, Matty Beneers takes a big step forward. You could see them maybe making some noise in that division. Uh, could, could they've, Calgary's been banking on Jonathan Huberdeau just need a year to get adjusted mm-hmm. to that system out there. And he's going to have a whole different coach around this year. So maybe the flames could jump in there and take that spot. There's, there's a lot that could happen with the West and it's going to be a little chaotic. I think. Yeah. I'm, watch. I'm excited for that. That's the, that, that is kind of like last year. I feel like that's, that's, you know, that's where we're going to get a lot of the excitement from. That's where we're going to get a lot of drama. Uh, you know, everything else like the Atlantic and the Metropolitan feels pretty locked up. It, it's kind of people battling for the wild card where I'm like, eh, somebody, you know, who's battling for that third spot in the Pacific? Who's battling for those wild card spots? What, what's going to be the positioning of the central? Like there's, there's a lot to be excited for out of that, out of those, uh, divisions. And, uh, huh, it's, it's going to be a fun year. It's going to be a fun year. So, um, so for n- sure. now I got to know for final sure. thing, uh, before we move on. Cup final. Who do you got? Uh, I like Colorado out of the West, uh, especially if uh, they're able to get Landis Cog back for an extended period of time. Uh, and out of the East, uh, it's hard for me to bet against Ooh. New Jersey. Uh, they, a team that really looked elite and then went out and added Tyler to Foley. Uh, yeah. I'm yeah, going to go ahead goal, and You've been bringing up the goalie situation the whole time. You really trust that goalie situation? Uh, well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe they add someone at the deadline. Well, uh, we'll they see. could always add uh, uh, that goalie out of uh, Winnipeg. Oh. Connor Hellebuck. Maybe not anymore. Who knows? <laughs> maybe not. Um, all right, so you've got wow, that's uh you got the Devils and the Abs. Okay. Uh yes. I have taken out of the West the Stars of Dallas. And out of the yeah, That's who I have. I, I like them this year. I uh honestly uh I'm sold on them this year because of how good they did last year, how far they went. I feel like that's a team that's ready to when I look at all those other teams, you know, Vegas, I don't think is going to be able to repeat, you know, I, they're not built like the lightning where they're going to be able to get back to a cup final year after year after year. They'll be damn good and competitive, but I think it catches up to them. Oh, yeah. um, Edmonton's the one I is the other one that I think is really like could be poised to make that run. But I just felt like if it came down to stars and Edmonton at any point, I think the stars are able to shut down the Oilers. Uh, and out of the East, I have the Bruins of Boston making up from oh. last year's President Trophy winner. They're not going to be President Trophy winners this year. We kind of are like, oh, all right, whatever, you know, and, and they just find their way to grind it out to that cup final. Uh, but I do have the Dallas Stars winning their second Stanley Cup. Uh, no controversy this time. Yeah, you know, I could see I could see a big narrative for Boston 
really taking shape in the sense of, oh, you know, when Bergeron yeah. and Craigie left, no one believed in us because, you know, every athlete has to make. Oh, yeah, they're, to they're totally the underdogs, man. You just uh, said it. They lost their two Hall of Fame players. Yeah, nobody believed yeah. in us, and here we were able to put all this together and prove yeah. the haters wrong. Yeah, we wrong still have and... the uh, defending Vesna. We still have two defensemen that get Norris Trophy votes. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> we're still pretty stacked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that that could, that might, that might be something that really takes shape there if it's boston that's something to yeah keep an eye on. I, I mean we'll see it's it's uh it's our three games into the season for some teams one in uh the season for others predictions um yeah now now i will notice neither one of us <coughs> picked edmonton out of the west no that's that's kind of a first i feel like uh i feel like typically every year even even before we ever started redoing the show we're, we've kind of always been like, oh man, Edmonton. I mean, look at that team with Dreisaitl and McDavid. But uh, I just, I don't know if I buy it uh, at this point this year. I just, I don't know. There's just something about the feeling this year that I was like thinking out how possibilities could play. I just, I just really like the Dallas Stars. And last year, everyone and their mother was picking Boston mm-hmm. even before they went through the entire league like a buzzsaw and had a record-setting season. Uh, so for that to happen, when I started to see everyone picking Edmonton, I said to myself, okay, yeah, it can't be yeah. yeah, once you kind of become the uh, <laughs> the true, like, hands-on favorite, it, it's, it's probably not going to happen, man. Probably not going to happen. Um, probably. All right, so now that we've gotten through all of that, uh, it has been uh, the first week is over. We have seen the ups and the downs of the start of the season. And uh, it's time for overreaction, man. Uh, I can't believe the Edmonton Oilers, while I picked them to be a playoff team, are already on the verge of being eliminated. <laughs> yeah, they they start the season off against Vancouver twice. They drop games to wow. Vancouver twice. Um, it, it's, it's hard to imagine dropping eight goals on the road in your first game for the season and not hitting. Oh my God. Uh, you know, the, the conventional wisdom would tell you, uh, that, you, you know, you want to slow roll it. You don't want to overreact too much to one game. Uh, but right now there are, there is precisely zero other teams in the Pacific sitting there with yeah. zero points. Uh, they are, they're playing the predators tonight. We'll see. They're how already that works one nothing them. in but, that one. uh, I have, I, I have them on. Yeah, <laughs> oh, shoot, I, I, they are. They no, are. I, I have them on were... right now. Yeah, I'm watching them. I, I got them all over the report. Oh, I thought no, you no, were no, exaggerating. Dry, yeah. Uh, dry side well, dry, power, power play. Dry side uh, Pretty back and forth. Yeah. Uh, you know, the down low behind the net. He's just sitting there right in the slot ready to bury it. So, uh, yeah. So, you know, even yeah. when we record so, the show, we've so... got hockey on. And as you can see, I'm watching Edmonton Nashville, so. You can't say I'm a fan. I have my fandom. We have brain yeah, disease. I just love hockey. I just love watching hockey. But that's the thing. I've been watching a few. That I've been with the games back. Obviously, I've been watching a few of them. And yeah, you know, like if we're if we're to have those overreactions, yes, you could be. You could hit the panic button if you're Edmonton, but you shouldn't. There's no reason to. It's three games into the season. You're okay. You're fine. It- 
you're you don't want to hit the panic button if you're Buffalo no, right now. No, you don't. You don't. I think Buffalo. Well, Buffalo, you know, got off to the start. They played the Rangers, uh, to to for their home opener, and that's you know, Buffalo is more of a bubble team, and the Rangers are more of a playoff team. But when I say that, then the Rangers go out and proceed to see Igor Shesterkin yanked from a game and giving up five goals to the Blue Jackets. And it's like, huh, what the hell just happened there? But then they go out and they play another game against the Yotes. And you're like, well, listen up, man. I mean, this team is totally going to the Stanley Cup final. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the the Buffalo is the other winless team as we speak. Uh, They're up 2-0 on Tampa, so they might have put something together here. Uh, but yeah, the starting the year off with lo- losses to the Rangers and Islanders back to back, never. A good no, start. no, it's, it's not the way you want to start the season, but here's, here's the real thing. Uh, I mean, these first 10 games of the season are still in my opinion for some teams and, and certain teams you're coming out of the preseason gates. A lot of these guys weren't playing the, the preseason or full games you know, guys like you're not rolling out Sidney Crosby every single preseason game. You know, you're not you're not Definitely rolling out not. Ovechkin every preseason game. You're just not. They're they're not going to play their 20 minutes of ice time. So some of these guys are still you know just getting accustomed to the season being back. Now you don't want to be giving up points. You want to you don't want to be you know blowing games that you have the leads to. Uh, you know, looking at at opening night with Chicago. Uh, you don't want to be doing things like that. You know, that's not a good way to start the season. But overall, I see it as like going through those first 10 games. And you want to be around 500. If you're like four and six, okay. If you're five and five, okay. If you're above 500, that's great. But those first 10 games to me are where you kind of know what your team is, uh, who the workers are. You can kind of start figuring it out from that point. And, and and that's why it's usually Thanksgiving yeah. before anyone can really get a good idea what they have with the team. And everyone's fresh out of the gate and everyone's, you know, especially younger guys are going full pedal to the metal, not having a good idea of what an entire toll the mm-hmm. NHL season takes on you. So it, it can be it, it can. can be rough. It can be rough. And, and you could, and hey, last year around Thanksgiving, we had the Red Wings comfortably in a playoff spot and they didn't finish the year. Which is wild because so what, what, what is it again? Usually, what's the percentage? It's a crazy percentage of if you find yourselves in a playoff position at the Thanksgiving. Yeah, it's like 70, something like that. You, you, something it's, like it's that. very high odds that you're going to be a playoff team. Um, so, yeah, you know, but you're right. Things can change. Now, what I do want to say, though, is. I don't know if this is an overreaction or if this is just fact. Austin Matthews is a fucking beast. And that dude is going to <laughs> easily, easily break a hundred points this year and score 50 plus goals. Austin Matthews opening the year <laughs> with back-to-back hat tricks. Oh boy. Do I wish uh, I fucking yeah, had um, bet on him on, <laughs> I didn't even have him for an anytime goal score did you- in my parlay. I was like, Oh my gosh. Did you bet on him for having a third hat trick in a row? Because I don't think no, I did not. I, I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't that guy. I was like, well, he did it twice. Clearly, he's going to score four now. <laughs> now, now we'll say this: Matthews is the fifth player to ever open the season with back-to-back hat tricks. 
Can you tell me any of the Mario other Mario Lemieux, Wayne Gretzky, Yamer Yager? Nope. Nope. No. Pat Verbeek? <laughs> they, they all revolve around the 17-18 season. Uh, first, uh, most recent player to do it, Alexander okay. Ovechkin. Uh, the next one to do it was Cy Denis uh, did it in the 17-18 year. Uh, Joe Malone also oh, did yeah, it. Yeah, good old Joe Malone. Uh, oh, 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 by the way, for these other ones, we're talking 19, 17, 18. I, yeah. I left that part out. That there was you go. Yeah. Uh, Joe Malone and <coughs> Reg Nabel. Reg Nabel? All did it. Yeah, all did it in 1917 18. Which, what the heck kind of season was that to have three people open it with? I mean, 17 18, like, what? Come on. Like, the goalies didn't even like wear pants at that point. It, uh, I'll take you one further. You know what? One crucial part of hockey had not been introduced in the 17 18 uh, season. What? The forward oh pass. Oh wow! Back then, if, if 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 you if they didn't institute it until the eighteen nineteen season, at that point, if after you cross the blue line, you could only send oh my it gosh! Back. So it was like field hockey back in the day. Gotcha. Yeah, I don't know why, yeah. but yeah, I mean, at one point, did. the forward pass wasn't invented in the Anna in in football as well. <laughs> yeah, and the yeah, helmets exactly. were made of leather. Oh man, good old leatherheads. That's what we need to bring back. Um, all right. Is there anything else from this first week that you want to kind of like jump at or that jumped out at you? Uh, I mentioned the Matthews thing. That was pretty cool. Uh, the first goals actually, uh, I guess, right? Thing, Maybe. The first Bedard goals and, uh, and, uh, Fantilli, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's man scoring on a wraparound on the reigning Vesna trophy winner, uh, could be a good yeah. sign of things um, to come. I think those are some uh, good picks. Uh, you mentioned it actually with uh, Columbus. I think Fantilli is going to play uh, a pretty big, pretty big factor in maybe making them think progression is a little bit more forward than it actually is. Yeah, and and here we are completely overlooking Leo Carlson oh, yeah. in Anaheim, who's already their top. He's their top line center already. That took a long time, uh, but yeah, we'll we go. We'll see how that all ends up playing out with it. But uh, yeah, when, when your star rookie can get the in the new face of the NHL, apparently can get their first goal that quickly. That's going to do nothing. Yeah, but help the that's sport. that was pretty cool. And Bedard's first goal was really. Um, yeah, and that first game with him. Yeah, there's. That kid's that, that. Those are two picks. It, it's actually kind of frustrating as a Rangers fan because those are two picks that I look at and I'm like, <laughs> "Oh, now first yeah, round exactly." Picks I'm like, what "Interesting." The fuck, what the? F- I have two of them that I'm sitting here and I'm like, oh, "I mean, it's year three, man, and he's finally getting top six minutes." And he did open up the scoring and, for and- them actually for this season too, Lafreniere, which is hysterical. Let me let me double. Double check. So I, I found it because I I have I have something that's probably going to be really good for your multiple game parlays. Uh, okay, yeah, Connor Bedard has had 
has played four games. Uh, they have resulted in five shots, six shots, five shots, and four shots. Uh, if there is an over-under for shots by Connor Bedard in a game, smash the over yeah. on that because he looks like he is shooting like Ovechkin style to where like he finishes like a hundred shots ahead of second place for the number of shots taken for the year. I would not be surprised to see that continue for the I'm entire sure season. it will. I mean, he is, he's everything for them. He's first line setter, first power play setter. Like he's everything for them. So yeah, I'm not. I definitely will now be adding uh, four plus shots in a game to the parlays for anytime goal scorers and stuff. Like, just an easy way to keep getting that money. Uh, make a one dollar bet and win a few hundred bucks. You know, you got to parlay it, man. Parlay it. Parlay that dollar. How many times? How many times uh, has once. it worked? Uh, and I made like, and I made like, uh, <laughs> I made something like a hundred bucks off of that one. So you know, it, it, it nice. works. Well, then, but then you have a night like the other night with the baseball game where I ended up one, just all I needed was one guy on Arizona to get on base one more time. He got on base in the first inning. He had three more plate appearances. He just needed to walk or get hit by a pitch. He didn't. And it was the only thing that didn't hit on my parlay for like 230 bucks. I was like, wow. But also, um, also an old, uh, uh, an old roommate of ours uh, missed on his thousand plus dollar parlay because in the football game, one person did not make three catches in the game. Every other thing hit except for one guy catching footballs. <laughs> <laughs> so both, so I had sent him a message, right? Like about 20 minutes prior. I was like, fuck. And then he sent me one and he was like, fuck. I was like, yep. We both felt one player short. Uh, we'll have to we'll have to make yeah. that a segment. I'll I'll ask you. I'll, I'll get your referral bonus for for whatever you're using, and we'll yeah, see. I'll give you some hockey parlays and see if anything hits. But I I just think it's fun. It's stupid. It's fucking. If you have a little bit of disposable income, go for it. Uh, but if you have yeah. a gambling addiction, don't. Um. <laughs> all right. Even if you don't have the addiction, I yeah, would say. you would. But I say, I say, but that's hey, <laughs> help fund the economy a little bit. Um, you know, we do yeah, have a responsibility that's, that's, to do that. One dollar. There's a recession, guys. You know, right? Something like that. Inflation, <laughs> all of that. So yeah, why not? You never know. Maybe hit a thousand bucks. Um, all right. Do you want to move on to some of the other uh, like injuries and extensions and stuff like that? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, let, let's let's yeah. start with the injuries because despite the season being so young, uh, there's definitely been some pretty significant ones. All right, uh, I actually do not have the injury list in front of me. I, I, okay. I got it. I'll I'll yeah. lead you off here. Uh, first one, Steven yeah. Samkos. He is currently missing his second consecutive game with a lower body injury after blocking a shot against Detroit. Uh, especially significant for him because you might remember there was some contentious contract. Oh, yeah, he doesn't have one at the beginning of the year. Yeah. And, and apparently that's just completely outrageous for a player in his thirties that scores pretty consistently, but does not stay healthy very consistently. Uh, so, you know, he was, you know, very <laughs> butthurt that they hadn't, started the process with him or talked to him enough yet. And uh, they, and the GM just kind of said, you know, we're not gonna, you know, 
worry about this too much in season. We're going to see what we have at the end of it because they probably didn't get to where they are by signing 33-year-olds to long-term deals. Uh, And here he goes getting injured again. And this could be pretty disastrous for his next deal if – if the GM gets to say, remember when you were out the beginning of the season and we did just fine without you, uh, which hasn't been the Lightning's case just yet, but I wouldn't be surprised if it came to fruition for them. So that's going to hurt for them. Uh, Chris Tanev out of Seattle. Mm. Uh, he is going to be out four to six weeks with an undisclosed injury. Uh, not Maybe not a player that the entire team, uh, world revolves around in Chris Tanev, unless you're having a look at his uh, yearly team photos and the pose that he likes to do with his eyes and that bizarre yeah. situation. Uh, but but for a team like Seattle, the bigger ends of their you know strategy of having four different second lines, uh, if he misses significant time, that's going to be difficult for them to stomach in that situation. Uh, although it does uh, maybe mean Tyler Wright will get a chance to play. We'll see. Uh, Kirby Doc out. I did see Montreal. this one. That's that's a big one. Considering yeah, it, it doesn't. I didn't see what the injury was specifically. They just said yeah. significant time for him. And you feel for this guy. He got drafted yeah. by Chicago. He he got injured a bunch there. He didn't really get a chance to shine. Gets traded. Has you know this could have been a really big year for him to settle in and uh, and really shine in Martin San Luis system. And for him to be out, quote unquote, significant time is is a pretty tough blow. And the last uh, one that I had was Victor Arvidsson for the LA Kings. Uh, looks like he is going to need more back surgery. Uh, he had one in the spring of 22 that kept him out of the playoffs. Uh, he stuck around through everything for the 22-23 uh, season for the Kings. But unfortunately, it looks like he may be headed right back uh, to the uh, surgeon's table there. Uh, and when you start to have a lot of those pile up you know that's there's a lot more athletes that don't bounce back from those than mm-hmm. do i would say so i anytime someone's having any kind of back surgery it's a red uh, flag general that that yeah and, and that makes you nervous just because you want to be sure someone's going to get to play with their kids yeah. at the end of their career you know or be able to walk around pain-free so multiple back surgeries i definitely hope that's going to work out for him he's a really significant part of la especially on mm-hmm. the penalty kill yeah uh yeah those are some pretty you know early on ones early in the season you hope that they can figure it out but yeah like you mentioned in la a back injury that's a big one uh yeah the kirby one it it, it that one that one i don't know why that one bugs me so much i think because i actually really kind of like him as a player so I've I've been very like frustrated at the fact that I can't I can't get to see what I think he's really capable of, which is I think he can be a really good player and a really impactful player for a team. So it's getting kind of frustrating where it's like, ah, is this going to be your career? Kind of a lot of uh, on the ice, off the ice. Yeah, and it's and it's so frustrating just because for all as much as he's been around in the league 
for a few years now. I don't I don't feel like we've gotten a, enough of a chance to really see what's yeah, there. Yeah, no consistency it. to you know, be he, able to go, this is the type of player he is. It's like, oh, we start to see it, and then he's out. Yeah. And so he, he got drafted in 2019, and between COVID okay. and injuries, it has just... Has how many games has this guy played? Okay, I was I was gonna ask if he even played so, full season, so I guess he kind of has. Yeah, but and two about two and a half at this point. But man, it is just been it's yeah, been rough. It's been a tough go of it for him. And then with Stamkos, I mean, I mentioned it earlier when I was talking about the Lightning. Like you would hope he could stay healthy, but that team is just so deep to begin with already. Oh my God, dude, the goal that Connor McDavid just scored to make it four nothing was, <laughs> I'm sorry. I know that's very distracted for the podcast listener right now, but holy shit. That was, that was Connor McDavid being Connor McDavid right there. Just, oh my gosh. He pretty much got tripped up and just picked up the puck and scored. <laughs> Breaking big news on the podcast here. Connor McDavid. Connor McDavid did a cool thing. Connor McDavid got tripped up, just kind of glided on the ice, picked up the puck and was like, I'm just going to take this and score. (laughs) I'm just going to score now. I'm just going to do this, do this thing. I do a lot of, you know, I I tend to do like 60 of these a year. It's kind of my thing. Um, (laughs) So yeah, that got me distracted, but the Stamkos thing, uh, it's also why he doesn't have a contract extension. Let's be real. Uh, he can throw a fit all he wants, and I get why he is, but we can quickly talk that contract extension because I do have some of the contract extensions that have come out since, so we'll kind of talk a little bit about those. But to talk about him for a second, I know he wants an extension, but he also needs to understand that there's no rush to get an extension done. I don't know why he sees it as a slight against him, as well that they haven't offered him a new contract. There's nothing saying that, oh, we need to offer Steven Stamkos a new contract before the year begins. Like, you're under contract. You're good. And the cap's going to go up next year. So what? I, I don't know. I don't get it. I, I get where Tampa's coming from. I really don't get Stamkos and his camp. Yeah, and and because part of that's going to be on your agent anyway. But remember when they won it all in the 1920 year, he played mm-hmm. one game that entire playoff. And even then he played like one yeah. shift. Granted, he scored a goal on such shift, so I can't be mad at that. But it's just a a way to hammer home that as much as he's the captain, I, he's maybe not as essential for that lightning team as he has been well, made. Also, out I would, I would, I, I don't have their uh, cap friendly in front of me. Hint, hint. Uh, but I feel like they're in um, a weird, <laughs> you know, just letting you know, John, uh, but I feel like they're already in a tight cap situation uh, with the Braden point contract. I feel like Hedman is either locked up or he is two years. He might, Actually, he might be two years away from yeah, a contract so, extension. So you're getting to that weird point where I don't want I don't want to be saying, "Oh, if you're the Lightning, you got to look to move Steven Stamkos." You don't want to move Steven Stamkos. You you obviously want to make that work and keep him there. But you might have to start looking at the priority of guys like Victor Hedman and others. Yeah, and and here here's where that they after this season, uh, Stamkos will be a UFA. 
They will have three more years of Kucherov. They will have two. Uh, they will have one more season of Victor Hedman, and their red arrow contracts at this point include Braden Point at nine and a half, Anthony Sorelli at six point two, Tanner. What? No, not Tanner Janot. Uh, I was going to say what on earth? Uh, Nick yeah. Hall. At three point one with a no trade clause, I don't know what. It's very that's about. Uh, Brendan Hague. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, who? Yeah, had him exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Brendan Hagel has a six point yeah. five million dollar extension that kicks in next year, and then uh, on defense you have Mikhail Sergachev and Eric Cernak. They're both yeah. red arrows. So, yeah, there's probably not that much more to go around it i mean although although Uh, i don't know if you've heard this john the cap is going up in the future it 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 is and and they're they're banking on that happening at the end of this season but we also started last year talking a lot about that how the cap would go up and it didn't so we'll kind of see what comes of this but yeah if if stamkos got offered like a four year, $4 million each contract, then I would see the reason to be upset about that. But it seems like it, it seemed to me like he was mad. They haven't signed him. Until yeah. It, it came across weird. Uh, again, it could have been uh, actually it more came more from him. So I was like, it could have been his camp trying to try and drum up, but it was more him trying to drum it up. So I don't know. Listen, do I think that Steven Stamkos is not going to be a Tampa Bay Lightning after his contract expires? No. There's no part of me that believes Steven Stamkos is playing for another team ever in his career. Um, And the Lightning will find a way to make it work, even though it's going to really, I think, I think a Stamkos extension puts them in a spot where, like, it, it is that weird loyalty over what's best for the future. You know, do you... Because his next contract is more, in my opinion, would be more of a, is a loyalty one. This is a make sure that you're a lightning to the end of your career, like Alex Ovechkin. As opposed to doing that, you know what, the injuries, the price. Boy, you. you could do a lot exactly. with Exactly, man. Imagine that. what we could bring in. Imagine who we could get. Imagine that we could trade for William Nylander. <laughs> you know, just <laughs> saying. There's, there's now room to make that type of a move. If you don't lock in Stamkos in his 30s with injuries and all of that, and somebody out there absolutely will give him $8 million for four, five, six years. You know, the the LA Kings love to do things yeah. like that. Um, yeah, we just can't. We I, I wouldn't anticipate his next contract with the Lightning or someone yeah. else for that matter being. Yeah. And, and again, I think he I think he remains a Lightning. I think. I think this gets settled at some point. I, I just don't see him not being a Tampa Bay Lightning. But either way, the, he wants a contract. They're not going to give him one now. And with the injury, as you mentioned, uh, with the injury, he's probably, I'm sure they're going to be looking at that and going, how can we take a few uh, zeros off of this? Um, speaking of zeros and extensions and all of that, there have been a few. Uh Start with the Avalanche. Uh, they handed out uh, a big contract, seven-year contract extension to defenseman Devin Taves, uh, $7.25 million for the deal. Um, thoughts? 
feelings? I I think it's it's good. It's it's a little bit of an overpayment. It's a little bit of a or an underpayment rather. It's a little bit long on term, uh, but I think it's pretty <coughs> well deserved by a yeah. player like this. Uh, he he has been fantastic for the Avalanche as their top line stay at home defenseman while Kale McCarr goes and is Kale McCarr. Uh, and last year with McCarr out for extended periods of time, still kind of proved that he could be an offensive threat as well. Uh, and like we said, cap going up next year. So him going from 4.1 to 7.2, probably not going to be as difficult to stomach. Uh, but yeah, the, uh, this will probably be the last deal of his career, given that he's 29 right now. So definitely a good opportunity to cash in. And boy, I'd feel dumb if I got rid of him for a second round pick. Yeah, That's just yeah. me. It would, uh, you know, who would do such a thing? <clears throat> um, well, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I think this is a. Uh, uh, I, I agree with you. I think it's uh, a good contract. The years are a little long. I mean, the guy, he's going to be 30 when the contract kicks in. So, you know, about f- five years into this deal, it's going to be like, oof. But again, if you didn't know, the cap's going up. And with the cap going up, I think that's $7 million, uh, I don't think it's going to hurt as much, especially considering this is your guy that you pair up with, with Makar. This is a guy that clearly has chemistry with him. He's a top four for you. He's a top two, really, for you. Uh, he can play the two-way game. He's a physical player as well. Like, he's a good defenseman. So uh, I like this move for the Avalanche. Uh, Years-wise, I'm, I mean, I'm just never comfortable with that long of a contract for anybody that's hitting 30 just because you never know, you know, eventually uh, it's, it's going to become a bad contract. Yeah, if if that ends in a buyout someday, <coughs> I wouldn't be all that surprised, but... He's he plays at a high enough level that he may see see it to the end rather than this being a well this is the problem for the next yeah year. oh absolutely uh, somebody who uh, else signed a seven year contract extension uh, and kind of left me going huh I wonder why he signed that now uh, the Buffalo Sabers man they really locked up their core Owen Power signed that seven year extension uh, eight point three five million is what he's going to be making. He posted 35 points in 79 games during that rookie campaign last year. Uh, they had already inked Rasmus Dahlin as well, 23 to an eight-year, $88 million extension. Uh, and and what a boy, oh boy, boy. man. Uh, I'll let you go, go. They're so uh-huh. young, too. Owen, Owen Power's 20, Rasmus Dahlin's 23. Uh, Owen Power was coming off of his entry-level deal. And and I feel like this is a pretty solid move on the Sabres part to position themselves for long-term success. Uh, If your top pairing is locked down now, uh, or even if you're splitting them up, frankly, that's still reasonable value to get out of that. Uh, But yeah, this is, this has a lot of great opportunity provided for it you've you've definitely seen enough of Rasmus Dahlin to know that he's Mm -hmm. a real deal uh it's shown a little bit of faith in Owen Power uh but he when when a defenseman can step in and play top line minutes right away as a rookie that's always outstandingly impressive to me so I don't 
I don't think that's too much of a risk. I know, but uh, it's not a risk, but it is interesting because, uh, you know, coming off of that entry level deal, 20 years of age, you sign the long-term contract. So that's going to take you to about 27, 28. He'll still make a nice little penny after that as well. But I find it interesting that the Sabres would do that as opposed to looking for maybe a bridge deal or something along those lines that they would just lock it up. But at the same time, it, it is a good move by the Sabres. Cause I mentioned that core is locked up. Uh, now two defensemen locked up in their prime for a combined 19.35 million. Pretty damn good. Honestly, uh, that uh, it is a big chunk of change for those players, but it's worth it. And also if you are the Sabres, you have now told everybody, you have made it clear to the league, Darlene, power, Tage, cousins, uh, Samuelson, that's the core. That is the core right there, building around it. So now, now if you are a player and you're a free agent, you kind of see that Buffalo has something now. And what? Yeah, you, you could you can see they're all in on this. They're serious. I would have maybe been a little bit more comfortable if they made the playoffs before doing those big extensions. But there's there's a good chance that if they made the playoffs this year, then they would end up paying even more for mm-hmm. these extensions. So it, it, this, this could work out really yeah, well. Like, well, that's what I mean. Like, okay. Handing a 20 year old uh, seven year contract for 8.35 million. Smart because if he remains the player that he already showed that he was and doesn't regress back, Oh my God, dude, you got him for that long at that price. That is a steal. Um, but if he does take a regression and say maybe Owen Power falls, takes a step back this year, and then in year three is kind of so-so. Uh-oh. Now you got a guy at 8.35 million that's becoming, you know, has fallen out of being a top two guy and is becoming more of maybe a bottom six guy. Uh, and now you're kind of and now you're kind of stuck with that. You know, there's that risk as well, just because he's so young. And we only saw so much that it's like, oof. Why didn't you go for the bridge deal? And also, if you're if you're power and you take a bridge deal of like two years at 22, you sign a six year contract. And then you get another big extension after that. Like, I don't know. I feel like there could have been more. And, and again, caps going up. I don't know if you heard. So you could have also gotten more money out of that if you had taken the bridge deal. Yeah. And when you look around at other defensemen like Kale McCarr yeah. makes nine. And I think, I think that nine. Is... I think uh, Eric Carlson is the only one that makes twelve. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that I believe. <laughs> oh, yeah. he reset uh, the market makes, for defensemen. Uh, hey, here comes McCarr and Fox. I'm going to take team friendly deals. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, Quinn Hughes. Yeah, makes Quinn Hughes as well. I'm going to so, take a friendly deal for the team. <laughs> yeah, so so he's so he's staying in that same stratosphere of them but if you start to look at oh Aaron Ekblad makes seven oh Zach Wierenski makes you know just below nine like there's a lot of players in that price point that you can point to and it would be very reasonable to say yeah I'd rather have exactly. a yes agreed agreed so uh all right we got the Sabres they're locking up their core uh the New Jersey Devils they're locking up their coach Lindy Ruff got a multi-year extension uh, no additional contract details were disclosed when I read the article uh, and jotted it. But uh, listen, here's what I'll say to that. He earned it. Uh, the Devils 
players clearly love that coach. Uh, he's there's a reason he's one of the wittiest coaches as well. And uh, yeah, not a bad like it's smart move by the Devils. It's a you know, it, but talk oh, about oh. a total turnaround though from the fire rough chance to now everybody's yeah, sorry. Yeah, now Andy. everybody's like, ah, oh, yeah, they got to give him that extension. This is worth it. This this was this was what he needed. Yeah, and similar to Buffalo, this is the Devils are clearly a team that feels like they have something special here. They want to keep it locked up. They want to have some consistency at the helm there, and they just want to see how far they can ride this right now. So solid move in my book. Uh, and and anytime you, you talk about changing head coaches, the firing the coach is always the easy part. The real difficult decision becomes with who do you replace them with. I don't know you're getting anyone that gets something out of this team that Gerard Um <laughs> All right. I, I didn't actually put this down because uh, I didn't see it when I was doing uh, the research, but I remember it happened and we got to hit it for a quick second. Uh, so I don't have the details in front of me, but Hellebuck and Mark Shifley re-signed with the Winnipeg Jets. Two players. And I bring it up because it's two players that we felt were all but destined to be traded this year, specifically uh, Hellebuck to the Devils, uh, since they are in need of a, a true number one goalie out there. Uh, and I would have said Sharp. I would have sent Sharp Shifley to Boston. Personally. See, okay, uh, he definitely would have. He he definitely would have gone. Any of those playoff teams would have been looking for him. There was a weird. And I was totally anti this, but there was a portion of uh, X, formerly uh, Twitter, where I guess there were rumors of the Rangers would have been in on him. And I don't like on, that. Uh, in on yeah, would have been in on Shifley, and I'm so happy. L- listen, if that's the case, I'm happy Shifley got the extension because as a Ranger fan, I don't want like Shifley's a great player, but I don't want to give up. Wait, you're gonna have to give up for him. And there's would have been no room. Well, aging veterans that are aging veterans <laughs> that are past the prime has always worked out well for the. Hey, Rangers we got Blake Wheeler, past. right? Shut up. Uh, um, and then, but then, <laughs> but then, I'm also yeah. ecstatic that Hellebuck got signed because now it means he's not going to be a devil. Yeah, or a penguin. Uh, yeah. It, if you're Winnipeg, do you resign these guys? Because I don't know I that I wouldn't would. have, uh, but Winnipeg. We talked. We talked about it last year. Winnipeg's a team that, for whatever reason, feels that they are competitive, and it's like you're competitive because of Connor Hellebuck, who's about to be thirty. You know, the, I, I, pretty soon the wheels of Connor Hellebuck and riding him to the postseason every year and not having success because you rode the guys to the postseason and have nothing else is finally going to fall out from underneath you and it's going to be bad. Yeah. The, the, the thing that stands out for me the most for them is that I don't know that they genuinely think that they're going to be competitive so much as the nature of that business being what it is it being in a small market like that, unless you are packing in playoff dates and getting season ticket renewals early uh, is it would be very difficult to make a team work financially yeah. in Winnipeg there. So I, 
I, especially given the letters they sent to fans last year that were borderline threatening about uh, season ticket renewals and relocation, uh, I, I think if you're the Winnipeg Jets, you are just hanging on for dear life to whatever possible value you can get out of some yeah. of these guys. Because, and, and especially as their, their general manager, Kevin Shovel Dayoff, has been there since they relocated. I, so it's. Yeah. It's not like there's been a, you know, long-term success that's been qualifying for that. I just think they get somebody in there that can kind of keep the ship relatively steady. Uh, maybe you wish you didn't draft Patrick Line, but it is what it is at this point. Uh, you, you have something to look forward to in Cole Perfetti, but outside of that, this is a team that is very destined to stay a bubble mm-hmm. team. Agreed. Agreed. And, and and I I don't know at this point I would have tried to blow it up. Uh, and I'm I'm it. with you I would have tried to blow it up as well right after that first round exit last year I would have been like okay it's uh, we're we're listening it on Hellebuck we're listening it on on everybody who's either has an expiring contract or expiring contract next year and I'm willing to eat some salary to move the player for you because I'm ready to ready to commit to a form of a rebuild now and ready to try and, you know, there's no Connor Bedard or Adam Fantilli or any of that this year, but I'm still ready to do it. And I can see a lot of parallels between the Jets and the Islanders mm-hmm. in the sense that uh, very goaltending dependent uh, hasn't had a big addition or splash uh here lately uh the islanders don't have an equivalent for buying out blake wheeler but that's neither here nor there uh and just yeah not i don't see a ton to be excited about on this roster and and it stands out to me that rick bone is just absolutely ripping the team apart when they got eliminated from the playoffs and uh yeah didn't ship out a ton of people just kind of right back here where we were and it's like, all right, that's going to be a little awkward, but yeah, have fun, go, I guess. Go, go here. Here's a contract. Go have fun. Thanks for staying. Uh, which also, um, let's talk about that. The fact that people actually wanted to stay in Winnipeg. Winnipeg and Calgary, because yeah, we saw some resigns in Calgary as well. Yeah, we, we talked a lot about Calgary possibly falling apart here, and that hasn't come to fruition there. I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that they got Mm -hmm. rid of their coach, uh, but they, you know, they moved out Tyler to Foley. And that seemed to kind of be, you know, the stopping of the bleeding for him there. They went ahead and named Michael Backlund, the captain. Uh, So they're, they are plugging right along here. I think they're just kind of hoping that Huberto and Kadri kind of bounce back from last year. And that, and Hey, we talked about it with the, that, conference almost anything can happen at this point so i don't think it's unreasonable to take their roster and say yeah we have a shot yeah at this. yeah uh, agreed agreed i think and i think they're a bubble team as well because of that so all right um all right i i didn't jot down any other of the extensions uh so really i guess uh there's there's a few other things on the on the sheet that we can talk about we didn't get to talk about babcock do you have any thoughts about that because we weren't, we we weren't, yeah, we were so many. We were recording. So uh, we were we were all over the place, uh, sick, working, all of that stuff, which kind of 
Because that was going to be the episode that we were going to come back. That was going to be our big, hey, we're back episode. And then I got super sick. And then you were working and stuff like that. And then my communication skills turned into shit for a hot minute as well. And (laughs) Yeah. I I wish there was like a class you could take on something like that. Or just like, maybe, maybe one class wouldn't be sufficient. Just like an entire focus, concentrated degree on communicating. I would get into that. Listen, even if you have a degree in it, (laughs) one thing about the communications people is we suck at communicating. Uh, Don't we all? Don't we all? I've been bad the last couple of weeks, too. But but partially partially just processing this Mike Babcock information. Let's blame him for this. Uh, He saw your phone, all right? (laughs) Yeah. For for those that are unaware, uh, the... You know, Mike Babcock had a lot of things come out about him after he was fired in Toronto. Uh, Just borderline abusive to players in Detroit, in Toronto, in Anaheim. Uh, Weird mind games that he would play with, uh, you know, scratching Chris Chelios for the outdoor game in his hometown, uh, scratching Mike Madonna to prevent him from uh, getting to play 1,500 career games. Uh, Just a all around, just not even... uh, something that you're getting something out of with all of this stuff, just a genuinely not good human being. Uh, And so it came out for the blue jackets uh, that part of his way of getting to know people was to take their phone, uh, hook it up to a airdrop on a TV and uh, just kind of go through their pictures a little bit, which in his defense would be an awfully effective way to get to know somebody. Uh, and when you're Boone Jenner or Johnny Goudreau or some of these other guys that, uh, you know, are older with families, maybe there's not as much stuff on your phone that you're uncomfortable sharing. Uh, but as it came out that uh, that this was something that happened that really bothered a lot of younger players, uh, the union really stepped in to really get to the bottom of it, figure out the extent of it. And uh the Blue Jackets ended up parting ways with yep. Mike Babcock. Uh, yeah, and my thoughts on it are just, I'm, I'm not really that shocked. I'm not that shocked. Like, you're an idiot. That That's for sure Mike Babcock's an idiot because you come back, everybody isn't really convinced that you learned from what got you, you know, fired and, and expelled from the NHL for a while. And... You're under a microscope, and the first thing you do is, before the season even begins, you're like, yeah, give me your phone. Show me your phone. And yeah, like you said, for the veteran guys, the Boone Jenners and Goudreaux, yeah, you're, you know, older. You've got family. You're not you're not a young 19, 20, 21, 22-year-old kid. I wouldn't want anybody going through my phone at that age and, and looking at my pictures because, yeah, you don't know what the hell is in there. And especially, you know, if you're a young single hockey player athlete out there, you know, pretty sure they've got some specific pictures that they'd like to send to the uh, girls they meet on Tinder in, in whatever city they're staying in. Yeah. And, and, and so a young soon to be millionaire probably has some things on his phone that guys like you and I might've had yeah. at that age. Uh, yeah. I, I wouldn't be all that comfortable. Like, because the first time I heard about this, I said, "This is really stupid," and I don't. I actually didn't even believe it at first. I was like, "No fucking way!" 
Yeah. <laughs> no way this guy has to see people's phones. There's no way he yeah, screwed yeah. up. If he if you had told me that he had kicked one of the players already, I totally believe it. There's no way this guy was like coming to my house. Uh I'm gonna Yeah, I, I thought this would be an urban <laughs> yeah. come over for lunch. I, I thought this would be an Urban Meyer situation, not a uh just Babcock playing mind yeah. game situation. Yeah, again. yeah. Yeah, I mean uh, shit, he did play my games. He was like, I'm gonna feed you guys, and then there was no food. <laughs> yeah, but there there was there was a story from one rookie who was invited to Mike Babcock's house house for lunch. Uh Mike Babcock got his phone, went through it a little bit, and told him to leave. And he didn't yeah, even get lunch. Fuck, man? Like, so I listen, I'd be more pissed about that. I'd be like, wait a minute, did he just look through my phone? Wait a minute, I was promised lunch. What the fuck? <laughs> and, and the more I thought about it, like, yeah, I I, I would probably feel comfortable telling somebody no um, because I have like a super established HR department that's going to have my <laughs> back. And and even then it wouldn't be something like embarrassingly sexual that my boss would find. They'd just be like, can you explain this meme about communism? Uh, so like, yeah, career wise, not the best move for me to have my phone out in the open. But it, at the, when there's a power dynamic like that, when this has person can, you know, hold your entire career in the palm of his hand. I mean, ask Akeem Alou what it was like having Bill Peters and these guys tell him that he was a bad seed and that uh, teams shouldn't sign him. You know, he barely got a chance to play in the NHL when he probably could have had a lot more of a career like that. So you are not really in a position to tell your head coach no for something like that. So I'm glad that the younger players were able to speak up for it. I'm glad that, uh, you know, the union with new leadership was able to make an example out of somebody early on. And, uh, I, and my prediction, my prediction for all of this is the general manager and president of hockey operations that said it was a good idea to take a risk and bringing in Mike Babcock are also going to get let go, but they're going to wait a couple months first. So it doesn't look like it's directly. Uh, Okay. I was going to ask about that because I couldn't believe that uh, JD and Jarmo were safe uh, after that. And that everybody was like, no, 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 they're good. Um, Cause I felt like, well, at that point you kind of got to like clean house. Cause these are the two that were like, no, you have to hire him. He's totally like, and they didn't do their due diligence and it bit them in the ass right away. But I do see. Oh no, they yeah, did their due yeah. diligence. They, everyone yeah, they knew did. that this was going to be controversial. Everyone knew they were going to be under a microscope from day one of this. This was pre day one. They didn't even get to the first day of the I, season. They knew they didn't. I, care. And here's the thing. I actually think that there is a path for both of them to still be there at the end of the season. And it is Columbus overachieving a little bit, which could happen with Fantilli. Uh, He could help them overachieve a bit. And no other form of controversies. Like, it needs to be a very smooth rest of the year with a little bit of, oh, we did a little bit better than we thought. You know, we thought we were going to really struggle this year, but... We ended up getting a lot out of this team. Fantilli was a great pick. What 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 do you what what's next? So I could weirdly see them sticking around. Um 
and honestly believe that they are going to stick around from this. But you mentioned uh, you mentioned really quickly the uh, the 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 work done by the union and uh, uh, the NHL uh, PA and all of that and 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 all of that stuff. Uh, I love how quickly they reacted on that. You got new people in there and they came around and they very quickly uh, kind of were like, this isn't going to be the same old, same old bullshit. We're kind of done with the same old, same old. Like, yeah. We're not doing that. Like, well, you know, we're, it's nope. He's we're coming full blown. If you mess up, we're coming after you. And that is a nice way to start. The, now, will they continue doing that? That's a question, but it's a nice way when you're coming off of all the stuff that has just happened and the lack of punishment for things like people being sexually assaulted. Um, it's nice to see a change of pace of like, no, people are being held accountable. But again, does that stick around or do we end up back in the same old, same old? Well, and and, and this was something I kind of skipped over for this, but I'm, gr- I'm glad you brought it back up to the union because I think the the Players Association was a little, I don't know if upset is the word, but I don't know if it quite rises to the level of embarrassment uh, with the way that the story got out. Uh, and that was through Paul Bissonnette, uh, who I do not care very much for at all as a broadcaster yeah. or just as a human being. But, uh, you know, credit where credit is due. Uh, he was the person that really broke this story, talked about how messed up it was. And when the Blue Jackets came out and denied it, and when senior Blue Jackets players said it was blown out of proportion, he stuck to his guns and said, no, like this is messed up and this shouldn't be happening sort of thing. Uh, And so I think the union was especially uh, anxious to act on that just to, especially with new leadership, just to kind of say, we, you know, hey, players in general you can come to us with stuff like this we're not fucking around Mm -hmm. when it comes to stuff like this so i think it's that's probably going to be something that benefits players in the long run especially if they continue to want to kind of have that perception and have that message out there um yeah i it touching on yarmo again for a second uh Dude's been GM of this team since 2013. He hasn't had any a lot of success to talk about. No, he won a playoff uh, he, series. Yeah, he, he he did preside over the most successful year in Blue Jackets history, but uh, setting yeah. the bar, you know? So it's, it's tough to say if that's something, if this is something that would bring him down or if ownership is so hands-off that as long as they can just have someone consistent that they can trust that they know is going to do good things for the team uh good enough things for the team and most most importantly make them money then maybe that's why something like this sticks around but i i don't know i i think that i I wouldn't be all that surprised if come december january they both get let go and they just say well you know the on ice success and this that and the other and lack thereof Sort of thing. You think they do it mid-season and not curious. at the end of the season? Well, yeah. You don't want someone making a whole bunch of trades at the trade deadline for you that isn't going to be true. around. And you certainly don't want someone running your scouting meetings. That's that true. Long. Good point. If, you, if you're already planning on getting rid of them and just giving a little bit of time for appearances gotcha. sake here. 
But I'm also curious what this is like in the locker room for the Blue Jackets when you have Boone Jenner and Johnny Goudreau and these elder statesmen, you know, kind of come out and say this wasn't a big deal. Uh, just speculating on who some of these younger guys that were really bothered by this could have been. Pure speculation here. Adam Fantilli, Kent Johnson, Cole Sillinger, uh, you know, uh, not Elvis Merzlikens necessarily, but Zach Wierenski is only 26. Uh, the There's a number of different players that could have been really uncomfortable in this situation, or it could have just been guys that are still in the minors at this point that would have been like, oh, thanks for having my back for this when I thought this was a big deal and you decide to come out and say yeah. that it wasn't. Cool. Don't have to see you every day. That won't be awkward. Uh, so I, I do wonder if this is going to have a little bit of a rift in the Columbus locker room. Uh, but regardless uh, for that, for a team that has just never had any type of sustained success that has to throw a party anytime mm-hmm. they sign a high-profile uh, free agent, just the, man, the continued embarrassments piling up in Columbus. You yeah, it's it. a little upsetting because, you know... Uh... I still haven't been to a game there, but I've seen I've seen the area. It's definitely one of those places where I'm like that. If they could have some form of sustained success, that could be a really fun place to uh, make party. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and you could pee on the uh, logos of uh, teams you don't like there. Um... <laughs> uh, hey, man! At February 25th, you'll you will know I where know, to find I me. I know. Um, all right. Uh, I guess one of the last things, because this episode's kind of going a little bit longer than I actually thought it was going to go. Um, Me too. I guess the last thing that we both uh, definitely felt the need to uh, bring up is no more pride tape. Uh, I mean, we already knew that they were getting rid of the warm ups and all of that. No more for anything. But now uh, pride tape has been banned by the NHL as well. What the fuck, man? <laughs> it's just a, it's such a stupid I, I, decision. It's so dumb. And it's... Uh, as two guys that, you know... Fuck, man. When we did this show as a 7.5.7 2-man advantage, had you can play on, it's such a... It, you know, we had Burke on to talk about it and, and the meaning of it. And it was already a step back with the no more jerseys. But this just feels excessive the the thing i keep coming back to for a lot of this is if this was the nba or the nfl or even the mlb i would think would be prone to do something like this uh if they came out and said you couldn't you know have something for warm-ups that's you know completely inconsequential to the game or something like that how many players are going out and doing it the very next opportunity they have just because the league told them they cut it. Was it 20? Is it 40? Like, realistically, if it was the NBA, the entire league might go out and start doing it. And so I'm almost a little disappointed that no one has, deci- has like, put pride tape on for warm-ups and just kind of said, all right, do something about yeah. it. Yeah. Because realistically, when you have a union and so many of your rules are collectively bargained, this is more you asking the players than telling the players. And 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 how I, what, the conversation for a lot of this is focused around, is this ban even enforceable? 
Yeah, I don't know if it is. And it doesn't... Yeah, I, I don't think a lot of people think it is either. Yeah. So it is... I don't know, man. It, it's just... Of all the things to do... And, and, and I'm curious to see where the union ends up coming with this. Because... Obviously, there's going to be player. There's been players that have already voiced concerns about this mm-hmm. and said this doesn't make any sense. That hey, come Pride Night, I'm going to you know have t- uh, tape on my stick anyway. Uh, but there's probably also a lot of players that uh, <coughs> really got irritated with fans like us that would go through photos and say, oh, this person didn't wear the warm up jersey. Oh, this person didn't express support for this sort of thing. So it's hard to figure out the best way to find a middle ground for something mm. like that. Uh, and and when it became, for for us last year, when it became more about the players that didn't participate than the players that did, it really took away a lot from the message. Uh, outright banning it will take away a lot from the message as well. Uh, but I heard, uh, I think it was Elliot Friedman floated this idea that I really like to have something similar to the NFL where there's one or two nights a year where your Jersey can say, he hate me or just like a whole bunch of just opportunities to express oneself. Uh, If that was when you started to have stuff like that, instead of forced or uh, not forced, but a uh, compulsory, uh, pride nights or stick tapes or things like that, then the message becomes more meaningful and players still get a chance to express themselves. I just don't know what happens when a Russian player has a stick taped up like the Russian flag while the Ukraine invasion is happening. If you decide to go that route, but I guess that's a climb that hill when you come to it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. It's just, it was just uh, 10 steps backwards by a league that traditionally always kind of does this type of stupid and they just didn't let us down by being stupid again. Yeah. And, and for, and honestly, if you want to keep your eye on a player that I would most likely expect to, uh, to really have something to say about it that we haven't heard from yet is Tyler Sagan, who kneeled during the anthem in 2020, who spent a lot of time really trying to get to know the Black Lives Matter movement and educate himself about issues related to it. I would not be surprised to see him taking a stand on something at some point, but that might be putting him on a pedestal a little bit too. Uh, Yeah, it would, but... I don't know. We'll see. Uh, hopefully, hopefully some players out there do it uh, just to kind of test it. And then I guess we will find out where the Players Association and the union and all that stands on it. But I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I, I don't like it. I just didn't. I didn't like, like I, it. It didn't sit well with me. And, you know, uh, players want to put pride tape on, like, whatever. I, I understood... And I was accepting of the, we're getting rid of all the warm up jersey stuff. But by getting rid of the pride tape, by getting, it just feels, it all feels hollow now. Like it's. Mm. And, and you would think you could trust a group of adults to express themselves in a way that wasn't going to embarrass it, the league. No, no. no, no. And, 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 and just the. 
and, and you could at least stand behind the veneer of we're, you know, protecting individuals, yeah. you know, right to choose with something. I Even I could buy into that a little bit. We'll say, well, yeah, someone should feel comfortable dissenting, even if I yeah. don't agree with it sort of thing. But now it's just swung so far the other way that now you're telling players what they can't do. And I, I just, I don't understand the, how the idea that doing this is going to upset the league didn't result in a whole bunch of players suddenly turning around and doing it yeah. immediately, regardless of yeah. the message. I don't know. I don't know, man. It's, it was dumb. That's for sure. That's where I, I mean, that's where I stand on it. It was dumb. It was stupid, stupid, controversial position. Yeah, for yeah us to stupid take. league. I want my rainbow flag tape. Um, oh, that that was also what I was going to say. I forgot who it was because because I've seen some people, you know, do that like, oh, a bunch of people that didn't wear it because they're anti. And I'm like, and I couldn't remember who it was, but who was the Russian player that finally spoke up and was like, you know what? F Putin and, the, and F this anti LGBT uh, stance of the of our name, like actually had the where I was like, what is he doing? What is he doing? Like he is putting his whole family at risk. He like, did he get everybody out of Russia already? Cause that all, you know, that was also why I was willing to accept the, all right, all of them are gone. No warm up jerseys, but I thought that there would still be your choice to actually like partake. Uh, the, per, the player you're thinking about that had the gall to criticize Putin is Nikita There you Zadorov go. We all should get that jersey. For the Flames. Remember how everybody yeah. was like, let's get a Provorov jersey. No, let's get that jersey. Yeah. yeah. So. All right. That was kind of all I got. Is there anything else you wanted to hit this week? Um. No, that's pretty much right. it for me. Good, show. good, good, good. Welcome back. Good time to be back. Uh, there's going to be a lot of uh, fun takes. I'm looking forward to the season. Um, yeah, man, I'm looking forward to it. Season so, two, baby. Let's go. Let's go. All right. Uh, where can we find you these days, Jod? So, uh, I am still on X, formerly what? known as Twitter, as every passive aggressive news reader likes to call it. Uh, I, I think the last time I logged into it before today was for our previous show, so I haven't done much on it. But I am at JT Evans Zero. And I am still on X, formerly Twitter as well, Wonderful underscore radio. And you can find me on thread still, Nick Wonderful. That is also my Instagram where I share the show as well. So, all right. Uh, until next time. Bye, everybody. Thank you.